Streaming has gotten way too complicated, but you can hack the system with Prime Video. It has everything in one app with one password. See Roadhouse, Giannis, The Marvelous Journey, and the National Women's Soccer League, all included with Prime. Plus, you can buy Premier Boxing or stream the NHL and NBA playoffs on Max with the Bleacher Report Sports add-on or add Paramount Plus for the Masters on CBS. Prime Video. It's all your favorite content in one place. Restrictions apply. Prime membership required for add-on subscriptions. See Amazon.com slash Amazon Prime for details. This is it. We've got an Amex Platinum Pro on our hands, ladies and gentlemen. We haven't seen anyone relax like this before in the Centurion Lounge. Is he connecting to complimentary Wi-Fi? Oh, my. Look at that. He is. And you will not believe where he's going next. The Amex dedicated card member entrance for the win. Unbelievable. When you get travel perks with Amex Platinum, you're part of the action. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. This episode brought to you by 20th Century Studios' Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes. Director Wes Ball breathes new life into the epic franchise. As a ruthless king attempts to build his empire at the expense of the remaining human race, a young ape begins a journey to fight for a future for apes and humans alike. Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes. Enter the kingdom in IMAX this Friday and theaters everywhere. Get tickets now. Thanks for listening to the Herd Podcast. Be sure to catch us live every weekday on Fox Sports Radio at noon to 3 Eastern, 9 a.m. to noon Pacific. Find your local station for the Herd at foxsportsradio.com or stream us live every day on the iHeartRadio app by searching Fox Sports Radio or FSR. You're listening to Fox Sports Radio. Here we go. It is a Thursday NFL football tonight. Can't wait. I'm hanging out at home with a remote live in Los Angeles. It's the Herd wherever you may be and however you may be listening. Thank you so much for making us part of your day. So I saw three headlines today when I come in for my morning meeting. Uh, The team's got, you know, we have 10, 12 articles laid out. We pick about half of them to talk about. And there were three, and these were the headlines. Kenny Pickett will get preseason snaps, says Mike Tomlin. Justin Fields will start for the Bears in their preseason opener. And Jordan Love expected to play in some capacity as Green Bay opens up. So there's a lot more quarterback questions in this league, about a third of the league, uh, than I think a lot of people realize. We counted 10 this morning. Pittsburgh, New England, Chicago, Green Bay, Atlanta, Washington, Carolina, Indy, Texas, San Francisco. Um, I would call them franchises hoping they found the right guy. Now, I did not include Tampa because I do not believe they view Kyle Trask or Baker Mayfield as the future. But I do believe the Niners with Brock Purdy, Chicago with Justin Fields, the Colts with Anthony Richardson, Washington with Sam Howell, Atlanta with Desmond Ritter, Jordan Love of Green Bay, Bryce Young, Carolina, Mac Jones, New England, Kenny Pickett, Pittsburgh, and C.J. Stroud. Those franchises are all in, hoping they have found their franchise quarterback. So we know half aren't going to make it, and we know one or two are. So, And it's interesting. Uh, some, Justin Fields is the most athletic of all those quarterbacks, but he's got to figure out the pocket. Mac Jones may be the least at, at athletic, but he's pretty good in the pocket. 
There's questions about all of them. Uh, Bryce Young's a little small. Anthony Richardson's a little raw. Can C.J. Stroud overcome the Texans? Uh, there's questions all over the board. Sam Howell now, he's got a defensive coach on the hot seat. Uh, the enemy story, new ownership. I imagine in a year they'll change the front office. The two that I think will be successful, my money today would be Brock Purdy and Kenny Pickett. And I think for obvious reasons. The other eight, it's a lot of finger crossing and hoping. But Kenny Pickett and Brock Purdy have a couple of things in common. Both got a lot of college snaps. These guys started in college three or four years, have seen a lot of coverages and played against a lot of pros in college. Secondly, they join really good coaches and really good rosters, and that matters a lot. Stable ownership in San Francisco and Pittsburgh, more than capable draft and developing history. One's a great offensive coach, Kyle Shanahan. One's a top defensive coach, culture setter in Mike Tomlin. I think... Where you land for 90% of these quarterbacks determines if you succeed. It's really surprising. If you go back, you can go back 30 years probably, the league gives us about every four years a quarterback good enough to overcome nonsense. Andrew Luck, GM fired, coach fired, bad O-line got to the AFC Championship. 11 wins, 11 wins, 11 wins. Andrew Luck overcame all sorts of nonsense to be a winning quarterback. I think Caleb Williams has it at USC. Um, I think Joe Burrow is a great example of this. You can say uh, Justin Herbert, but Justin Herbert didn't have a playoff win yet. And he's good. But Joe Burrow literally went to a coach with a bad record, a bad offensive line, a below-average suboptimal owner, a really tough division, a great conference, and got to a Super Bowl. Having to go on the road, the road, the road, the road. So like Joe Burrow, even Trevor Lawrence, as much as I like Trevor Lawrence, didn't have the right coach year one, disaster. So Joe Burrow is, is Andrew Luck, I could argue, are the two quarterbacks in the last decade literally talented enough to overcome nonsense. And I don't think any of these 10 are. I mean, Justin Fields is talented. He's 5-20, and 20. <laughs> all right? So, uh, so you're asking me. I think these are all sort of B-plus to B kind of quarterback prospects. Um, I'm going to say Brock Purdy is going to remain viable for the next several years. A lot of college starts, good coach, surrounded by a lot. And I think Kenny Pickett's going to win a lot of games. How many, I don't know. But uh, Pickett is a little bigger, I think, than Brock Purdy. I think he runs a little better than Brock Purdy. Both have a ton of college starts. So that's my guess. But I, I, I'm serious on this. It's, it's very unique when a quarterback is so gifted. I think Caleb Williams is probably only the third in the last 10 or so years or whenever Andrew Luck was drafted. That's good enough. He'll just win. He'll just win. Doesn't matter. Coach, O-line, roster, ownership. He'll just win. Andrew Luck, Joe Burrow. I think Caleb's the third. I'm not sure any of these 10 guys are that. I don't think so. We saw last year Mac Jones, coordinator issues, no number one receiver, didn't play as well. Albert Breer has been to 16 NFL training camps, half the league. That is a lot of trap. Well, I mean, the guy was off for weeks at Nantucket or Martha's Vineyard, sunning <laughs> with celebrities. So, okay, you've been to all these camps, and I'm reading all these names. Give me one or two teams. 
that yeah. you went to camp and you went, ah, they look a little better and more hopeful than you thought going in. Yeah, I, I mean, one would be Atlanta. And, you know, I think they've got a real chance to win the NFC South. And a lot of people aren't talking about them because of the quarterback. But, you know, I think you look beyond that. They've really built up the lines of scrimmage. I think they're going to be good on both lines of scrimmage. That'll put you in every game. They're talented on the back end of their defense. They signed Jesse Bates. A.J. Terrell is one of the better young corners in the league. Their offensive skill is really good um, with now B. John Robinson joining Drake London and Kyle Pitts. And they're supremely well coached. Like, I really believe that Arthur Smith is going somewhere. And I think you saw it at the start of last year when they got off to the quick start. They didn't have the depth of talent for that to stand up. But I think Atlanta's one team to watch, particularly because of the division they're in. And then the other one's the Seattle Seahawks. Now, I think San Francisco's got the best ro roster in the league, so it's going to be tough to keep up with the Niners in that division. I just think Seattle's more talented than a lot of people realize. Yeah. They had a bonkers rookie class last year, if you look at it. The two tackles, the two corners, Boye Mafe, Kenneth Walker, like just loaded, um, loaded, loaded rookie class last year. And they think this next rookie class coming with guys like Witherspoon and Jackson Smith and Jigba is going to be close to as good. And that gets people there thinking this could be the front end of what they were dealing with 10 years ago, yeah. where they hit home runs in 10 and 11 and 12. They really feel good about their talent. And you can see it when you're out there and you can see the competitiveness and you can see the hallmarks of what they were 10, 11, 12 years ago. So I'm not saying they're going to win a Super Bowl or get to two, but you know, I, I think Gino's the right kind of guy for this team and they've got the right kind of talent around him and I'd be surprised if Seattle wasn't in the playoffs. Yeah, it's interesting. You're the second person in a week that has been to Seahawks camp and has said, man, they are young, fast, and athletic, mm -hmm. and Pete knows it. He's leaning into it. So you're the second person to say that. Now, you're going to be attending the Texans-Patriots tonight. Uh, C.J. Mm -hmm. Stroud, uh, Buckeye, you know, yeah. you know him well. Um, I don't see a ton of juice, but he's big. He moves well enough. He's accurate. Yeah. Um, what's your guess on what we see? It's going to be interesting because this might actually be the rare case where the talent he's got at receiver around him is a step down from what he was in college. Oh, it is. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. If you, I mean, I, I think legitimately he's throwing to Nico Collins, you know, Robert Woods, John Mechie. Would anybody argue that that's not, that that's, you know, better than Marvin Harrison, Emeka Abuka the year before <laughs> with Jackson Smith and Jigba and Garrett Wilson and Chris Olave. So, um, you know, it's sort of similar to Mac Jones, you know, when Mac Jones, I think when he came to New England was going to have to adjust to not having the same level of talent around him at receiver. And so I think what the Texans are going to be looking for tonight, how does he run the operation? Can he play within the lines of that offense? Because that offense is, you know, very strict in, in its rules for its quarterback and makes things easier on the quarterback. Like, can he, in a game situation, really work within the parameters of that offense. And I think the one thing that does help, Ohio State does have some elements of the Shanahan offense built into what Ryan Day does there. So I think getting into a game situation might not be the shock to the system that it is for some other rookies because C.J. Stroud operationally at least has done a lot of the things that um, he's being asked to do in Houston when he was in college. So I just think that that's what the Texans are going to be look, 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 looking for. They're not looking for a superstar performance. You know, what I know about the coaches who've worked in that system, and obviously D'Amico Ryans and Bobby Sloak will be the judge of this, 
what they're looking for is operationally, what does a young player look like in the offense? That's what I think the Texans are looking for tonight. Okay, you went to Denver, and when you're there for 36 hours, you can get little things. You're observant. Mm-hmm. It's what you do for a living. I, I, I said this earlier. Sean Payton, this is very unique. He won with mobile but throwing limited Taysom Hill. He won with turnover-prone but talented Jameis Winston. He won mm-hmm. with limited Teddy Bridgewater, and he won with an old Drew Brees who couldn't throw it deep. He's won with everybody in every style. My guess is he's going to win with Russell Wilson. They're going to win. That's going to be yeah. if they can hold up up front. I mean, what was your interpretation of what you saw? Well, it's interesting. It almost seemed like Russell Wilson was invisible. I know that sounds weird, but like last year when you went to their training camp, you couldn't miss it. Like the people that were around him, his family was there. Like the entourage, like all that different stuff was there. And that's absolutely been removed, you know, and I'm not saying he's just like number three on your roster and that's it, but they've really tamped down all the hoopla around him, which I think is good for him. Right. Um, And then the second thing I I think that you're going to want to look for here with what Sean's going to do with him, there's going to be no more. You're in the shotgun wide open. We're going to see what you can do as a thrower. They're going to go back to doing a lot of the things that he did really well in Seattle. So what does that mean? That means moving the pocket. That means getting him off of play action. That means getting him a clear picture out there. Like that's the stuff that Sean Payton's looking to do for Russell Wilson so they can get a clean assessment of where he is as a player deep into his 30s. And, you know, again, like I think this is sort of a process that Russell had to go through. He wanted to see, he personally wanted to see what he'd look like playing in like a Peyton Manning or Tom Brady type of offense. And he got that last year. Nathaniel Hackett built that for him last year. We all know how that went. So I think now a lot of this is going to be going back to what you did well for all those years in Seattle. And that's a humbling pill for him to swallow because that means the Seahawks were right about a bunch of things. But that's what Sean Payton's going to build for him. And I think if he buys in, it'll it'll work to at least a reasonable degree. The um, And it was interesting. So yesterday, uh, um, Aaron Rodgers got his first look at a non-Jets defense. And it wasn't pretty, and they struggled at tackle, and they struggled in protection. And, you know, Albert, I said this, that essentially all these teams are just companies. Mm-hmm. Pittsburgh's a well-run company. Green Bay yep. is a well-run company. In the last decade, the Jets are a poorly-run company. Last mm-hmm. place, seven out of ten years. And the one thing he never dealt with in Green Bay, maybe they didn't land free agents, and maybe it wasn't the coolest place to play. They never had bad O-lines. And he inherits a team. They're a Dwayne Brown injury from having real issues at tackle. By the way, in a division, Buffalo's got a great pass rush. New England early. Dallas early. Philadelphia early. I'm not trying to be doom and gloom guy. But when I watched yesterday and I hear about that, should we temper our expectations for this thing? I mean... I mean, I can tell you, like, I, you know, when I was with Sean Payton in Denver, like, one of the first things he brought up to me was, like, we need to invest in the offensive line, right? Like, and they brought in Powers, and they brought in McGlinchey, yeah. and they, they really did, like, a ton to fortify their offensive line. And, and really, like, I, I think it's an acknowledgement. If you look at Sean Payton's history, right, like, they've always invested in the offensive line. Didn't always invest in the skill players, but always invested in the offensive line. That's the Jets need their investments to pay off. You know, like they've invested capital in that group. They've invested capital in Dwayne Brown. They invested capital in Makai Becton. They invested capital in Oliver Tucker, who's coming off of an injury. They drafted Joe Tipman out of Wisconsin this year to play center for them. 
I, you know, you're right on, Colin. Like, this is an older quarterback, and so much of this is going to come down to what happens in front of him that allow him to operate at the level we all know he's capable of operating at. What did Tampa have in place for Tom Brady, right? Like, when he right. got there at an older age. An incredible offensive line. They drafted Tristan Wirfs, uh, they drafted Tristan Wirfs yeah. out of Iowa, and he was almost instantly one of the best offensive linemen in the league. They had Donovan Smith on the other side. They had, you know, Ryan Jensen at center. Like, yeah. that's what it is. And so... You know, and you want to look back to what Brett Favre did in Minnesota. What did they have? An incredible offensive line, right? I believe Steve Hutchinson was still there. I think right? he may like have been, had, yeah. Yeah, they had Brian McKinney. They had an incredible offensive line. So, yeah, I mean, it's, you know, I said this about, you know, Atlanta at the beginning. One of the reasons why I believe Atlanta is going to be a contender this year is because one thing all these years covering the league has taught me is that if you are strong on the lines of scrimmage, you're going to be in every game. Yes. And if you aren't, you're going to have problems. And so, yeah, I mean, that's the part of the Jets that a lot of people aren't paying attention to is that Joe Douglas and Robert Saul have invested a lot in that offensive line. And at least to this point, it hasn't paid off the way you'd hope that investment would pay off. They needed to pay off to get the most out of Aaron Rodgers this yeah. year. And so, again, that means guys like Becton and Brown and Dara Tucker and Tipman playing the way that the Jets think they can. So um, you've covered 16 training camps, and I'm looking at the names here. Chicago is fascinating. So you mm-hmm. know Justin Fields well. Um, you know, he was so accurate at Ohio State. Now people question his accuracy. Some of that's O-line, lack of receivers. So now he's got a more dynamic group of people to throw to. Robert Tanyan, uh, Mooney's good. Now they have yeah. DJ Moore. So I, my guess is it works. But, but this, you know, Chicago's interesting. It's one of these big northern markets, a loud media. <laughs> they, yep. dem- you know what I mean. They're they're <laughs> tough. Chicago's a tough town. They like yep. Pittsburgh, Philadelphia. <sighs> if it goes sideways fast, what did you feel at camp? Um, you know, I, I think what you see is the size of the team. Um, that's what really stuck out to me, and it's really building the team and the image that Ryan Poles and and, and Matt Eberflus see. And, you know, if you if you look, like Ryan Poles comes from Kansas City. Well, how does the front office operate in Kansas City in service of the head coach, right? Like, so you'll see, like, very Andy Reid-specific players coming in there year yeah. over year over yeah. year, right? And so Ryan Poles is acting in service of Matt Eberflus. Matt Eberflus, if you look at what they had in Indianapolis, a lot of big, fast athletes. And so they go and get Tremaine Edmonds, right? Like, in, on the offensive line, who they draft? Darnell Wright, who... A lot of people didn't think was as good a player as Peter Skaronsky, but it's a superior athlete. Yeah. So that was what was so noticeable. It's an amazing number, Colin. I don't know if you've seen this. There are only 15 players left that predate those two, that predate Eber Flus and Poles, and they've only been there a year and a half. <laughs> so almost the entire roster has been turned over, and one of the guys that's left behind from the previous regime is Justin Fields. Yeah. And so you know, I, I you notice the size, you notice the speed, you notice the athleticism. And yeah, I mean, I think a lot of this is going to be early in the year, all of that talent coming together and learning to play together. And in a place like Chicago, you know, this stuff gets litigated on a week to week basis, you know, and it's not, you're not in Los Angeles where, you know, you might be able to go a month developmentally and people are going to have patience with you. And so I think that that's why the mental toughness of the group there is going to be really important. And I will say this about Justin Fields, right? He needs to see it faster. He needs to anticipate better. There are a lot of areas where he needs to improve over his first couple of years in the league. But from a mental toughness standpoint, I mean, this guy has been playing under a microscope since he's 16 years old. Yeah. 
and has handled all of it really well. So I think they've got the right kind of person to handle the heat of playing Chicago. Now we see if he can be the right kind of player. So anytime a player doesn't do well in practice, and I would be critical of a player, people say it's practice. But practice means a lot to coaches. That's where they make many of their Mm -hmm. decisions, right? So it's easy to uh, downplay a bad practice. But coaches see it and make determinations and roster moves based on that. So we know Dak's going to make the Cowboys and be the starting quarterback. But you were in Oxford, Oxnard, excuse me, last week. Yeah. About an hour and a half from here. Dak is having a camp with a lot of picks. Greg Jennings said an hour mm-hmm. ago, some of them are bad. <laughs> like, like bad. Yeah. Like you were there. We have video of two or three. They're not pretty. What do you make of it? I, I'm What I make of it is just talking to Mike McCarthy and some of the guys there. One of the things that they've really worked on with Dak is trying to play better off schedule. Um, and I, I think it's an interesting point to make because if you look at how he came into the league, right, he um, – when he came into the league, he had been a playmaker at Mississippi State, but they sort of had him, you know, playing with reins on, you know, where it was sort of the, the offense was built around Zeke Elliott's ability to run the ball and what they could do off the option game. And then, like, we just need Dak, we, Dak, we just need you to make the play that's out there for you. And, you know, I think as the offense has changed and evolved and as Mike McCarthy's gotten there and now Kellen Moore's gone. A, there's looking to bring that level of playmaker back in him. So what can you do on scramble plays? What can you do off schedule? That's one thing that, you know, Mike was pretty clear with me that they've really worked on and drilled over the course of the spring and summer. And sometimes when you're working on those sorts of things, it can look ugly at times. If you're yeah. trying to figure out what you can get away with and what you can't, that can look ugly at times. And we're not used to seeing that from a guy who's now going to be eight, to eight years into the league. But because the way the offense was structured and because there was this idea that, you know, you wanted to play a certain way and and Dak, we don't need you to be a superstar, that was never really brought out in him. So I don't know whether or not this is going to work, but I think it's an interesting way of looking at some of the mistakes. I think that's the context of some of the mistakes you're seeing Dak make in in practice now. And they think ultimately they're going to get a better player as a result of it. And you don't generally see this sort of work later in a guy's career. Yeah. But I think it does make some sense if you're looking to get a little bit more out of a quarterback that you're paying $40 million a year. Okay, so the staff, the team here, thinks this is my worst take. So I'm going to give you my worst take. <laughs> if you really look at Kansas City last year, mm-hmm. great offensive coach, great quarterback, one great weapon, good enough O-line at the tackles. Good enough. One star defensive lineman, kids everywhere on the defense. Yep. I'm not saying the Rams or the Chiefs. I'm not. But star offensive coach, very good quarterback who threw for 6,000 yards two years ago. One great weapon. Mm -hmm. I think they'll be good enough at tackle. Dominant defensive player and kids everywhere. All I'm saying is when I see the Rams as a bottom three roster, I'm like, I think the Rams look at the Chiefs and they say to themselves, we're spending our money on offense. They've got Cam Akers, Tyler Higby, Van Jefferson, Cooper Cup, Matt Stafford, Havenstein. Like, they've got some players off and you can't tell me they lack talent. I do not see them as a 3-4-5 win team. I'm not saying 12 and 11. I think they can battle, won't make it, battle for the playoffs. My staff thinks this is a terrible homer take. What are they? Now, you went to their camp. You, uh, Yes, you yeah. did. What do you believe they are? A 500 team that's ascending at the end of the year. 
Boom. Like, I think that that's what they are. <laughs> like, I think there are 500. I, I mean, like, and I don't think, I mean, look, like Kansas City is different because I, yeah. I don't think that there's a Trent McDuffie in their, in their rookie class. Okay. And I mean, if you're talking about like matching what Kansas City did a year ago, that was a home run yeah. of, a, of a rookie class for them. I mean, they had, I mean, I think it was six rookies starting in the Super Bowl. It was something crazy. They like started that. Like, eight, it was rookies Pacheco, at one, McDuffie, yeah, eight it was, rookies started. Yeah. Hey, I mean, it was it was a, it was wild. Carl Loftus played a pretty big role for them. Like, you know, I I don't and they had two first round picks that you know, and, yeah. and the Rams had none. So it's a it's a it's a different deal, um, I think. But I but but I, but I do think that this was something that was necessary. And we talked about this before, Colin. Like they felt like if they didn't do this this year, then it was going to take them two years to dig out of the cap debt that they had built up. And you know, I I, I just don't believe that a Sean McVay team. Is is going to be bad? Yeah, and I think the idea that they're tanking is ludicrous. Same. Like I know it's it's nice and tidy to talk about Caleb Williams because he's down the street from them and everything else, but that's not happening there. Um, they've got a lot of new guys in their offensive staff. I I really would applaud McVay for opening his mind to bring in a couple Patriot guys and Nick Cale and Ryan Wendell. They've brought over Mike Lafleur, who has experience in Kyle Shanahan's system, and they still have Raheem Morris on defense. So. I think this is going to be a very interesting team to watch that's probably going to go through a lot of ups and downs early. And at the practice I was at, this is something that I really took note of. Like I got a chance to like look at the, the, the practice script, the schedule, and with about five minutes left um, on the practice script, they Sean McVay blew the whistle and pulled the entire team in. And I'm sure you've seen this at practices before. And then they went for an extra half hour. And I think that was like a good illustration of where they are as a team right now. They're going to have good days. They're going to have bad days. I just believe enough in that program and that coach yeah. where, you know, that could be the first 10 weeks of the season. That could be the first 12 weeks of the season. But I think when we get into December and January, you're going to see direction for where that team is going again. And that I think puts them in a position with a clean cap with the first round pick to roll into 2024. Yeah. And it was also a good point. Rams did not have a first round pick. Kansas city had two. That's a great point and hit on yeah. both. Uh, Albert Breer, as always, uh, just terrific work. Monday morning quarterback. Albert, we will talk soon. Thank you so much. All right. Thanks, Colin. You bet. Um, so there it is. So he said a 500. That's what I think. Eight and nine, battling, uh, tough early schedule. But, you know, I put so much confidence in a coach. McVay is really, really smart. And they actually on offense, if you're going to have holes, let it be on defense. But Cam Akers. Tyler Higby, Van Jefferson, Cooper Cup, Havenstein, the right tackle, Brian Allen, good center, Matt Stafford, McVay's brain. Like, if they're healthy, Cooper Cup, that's like, there's a six or seven, like, really high-end offensive players. I think they're going to win games. Also, uh, Albert's the second person who's been to a Seahawk practice and has told me they are really fast, and Pete does this. He did it at USC, and he does it at Seattle. When Pete's got a young team and he likes the athleticism, he lets them hit, and the practices are wildly competitive and physical. And what they're saying in Seattle now, you go to their practice, and it looks like that Seahawk team about eight years ago. They are blowing stuff up. It's fast. It's furious. So it's exciting for Seattle. One more herd? The herd streams 24 hours a day, seven days a week within the iHeartRadio app. Search herd to listen live or on demand whenever you'd like. This is it. We've got an Amex Platinum Pro on our hands, ladies and gentlemen. We haven't seen anyone relax like this before in the Centurion Lounge. 
<sighs> is he connecting to complimentary Wi-Fi? Oh, my! Look at that! He is! And you will not believe where he's going next. The Amex dedicated card member entrance for the win! Unbelievable! When you get travel perks with Amex Platinum, you're part of the action. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Don't miss out on any of the NBA playoff action at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app. 90 seconds, all it takes. Use the code HERD. New customers bet five. That's it. Five bucks and get 200 in bonus bets instantly. That's code HERD only on DraftKings. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Or in West Virginia, visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY-467-369. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly. On behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort in Kansas, 21-plus age varies by jurisdiction void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.co slash bball for eligibility and deposit restrictions terms and responsible gaming resources. This episode brought to you by 20th Century Studios' Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes. Director Wes Ball breathes new life into the epic franchise set several generations after the last installment in which apes are the dominant species. As a ruthless king attempts to build his empire at the expense of the remaining human race, a young ape will fight for the future of apes and humans alike and embark on a journey that will redefine the planet. Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes. Enter the kingdom in IMAX this Friday and in theaters everywhere. Get tickets now. Owning a Mercedes-Benz EV electric vehicle isn't just extraordinary. It's extra easy. Full remote access to your vehicle from your phone via the Mercedes Me Connect app. Vehicles all electric. The feeling is all Mercedes. The choice, of course, is all yours. Learn more. They have great merch on their site at mbusa.com slash EQ, and here is Ryan with the news. No, 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 no. Turn on the news. This is the Herdline News. The Jets and Panthers held joint practices this week for a rookie quarterback like Bryce Young. It's a great opportunity to learn from one of the greats in Aaron Rodgers. And although Rodgers didn't see a lot of Young in practice, he had this to say about the first overall pick. I like the kid a lot. Uh, we have uh, uh, we share an agent, so I've known about him for a long time. Uh, I love watching him in college. I like his demeanor. I like his movement. I like the way he throws. Uh, I trust a guy like Adam. You know, him and I are good buddies for a long time, and he just raves about him. So I think uh, Carolina's in good hands. It's a long, uh, long journey. It's about holding on to your confidence and enjoying the ride, enjoying the little things every day. But I think he's got a great head on his shoulders, and he'll be just fine. Aaron and I agree on that. You know, this is a weird word, but every time I watch Bryce Young talk or play, he's present. He plays with urgency. Like, one of the things that's always driven me crazy, this drove me crazy about Drew Locke, Johnny Manziel, uh, at times Jameis Winston. Um, When guys are casual, Jay Cutler had this. Like, it was just backyard football. So you can't do that. Now, if you throw interceptions because you have limitations on how you throw a football, a Tim Tebow, a Darnold, you have a slower delivery. That's one thing. But when I see a guy, Zach Wilson can have this. He's just like, it's backyard football. It's very casual. Bryce Young is always present and always play. Throws are urgent. Now, he can get picked and he can make mistakes. 
But just when you watch him talk, when you watch him in the moment, there's an urgency and a presence to him that I think just works. And I talked to Frank Reich about this. Uh, before the draft, we, we had talked about this, is that all these quarterbacks are talented, but it's just hard to see him, barring an injury because he's small. I struggle seeing him fail. Like, I just think Frank's too good. Their own line's growing and better than people think. He doesn't have a lot of weapons, but I just can't see him unraveling as a pro. I can't. I can see him getting hurt, but not unraveling. Yeah, all the uh, pre-draft reports is how thorough he is in his preparations, how he can process the game very quickly. And uh, what you're saying, he seems very intentional. He's not out there making it up as he goes. No, he's not. And I, that, by the way, some guys bad old line early in their career. Lamar Jackson sometimes had to run for his life. Okay, it's like, okay, that's different. That's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about when you have time to throw, like being very intentional. Here's the play, second, third look. There's no just sort of, I'm going to let it go. And I see, and a lot of times I see that with strong-armed guys. Will Levis had this a little bit when I watched him in college. Big arm. Jay Cutler, big arm. Jameis Winston, good arm. Yeah, Brett Favre sometimes. Now, Brett was so talented, but it was that was a different era, too. Joe Namath, just, I'm going to let it go. Got to be careful with the let it go crowd at quarterback. Jimmy Garoppolo's contract with the Raiders was held up earlier this offseason by a foot injury that wouldn't fully heal. The Raiders decided he needed surgery and wouldn't sign him without going through the procedure. And although Garoppolo didn't want the surgery initially, he's happy he did. He said, honestly, it was just an unlucky situation. The one toe, the second toe on his left foot just wouldn't heal. It was a deep crack in one of those, and the other two bones did heal. It was a weird situation, and I think we made the best of it. They wanted me to get surgery. I'm glad I did now, looking back on it. He's injury prone. When guys get hurt without getting hit, that tends to be injury prone. Whatever reason, it just some guys crack more, some guys break more. Is that fair? Is it fair to oh, talk? Oh, totally fair. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I think, especially for someone like Garoppolo, who in San Francisco repeatedly and then couldn't actually stay healthy enough for this initial first training camp or to get the contract signed, I think it's been the story of his career. I mean, even when he was a starter very, very briefly filling in for Tom Brady in New England, he had a shoulder injury. He just hasn't had very many seasons where he's gone game one to end of the season without some type of injury that causes him to miss time. Yeah, I mean, I remember Teddy Bridgewater had an injury in, in a practice, and I think it was like non-contact. Now, Joe Burrow did, but it was a calf strain. That that happens playing tennis at the club. It doesn't, sure. But I mean, uh, Teddy Bridgewater had one of those and has since been banged up a little bit. Some guys just, this, you know, you're asking a lot of pro athletes and some guys just break more. Yeah. I mean, look, we know how much work Tom Brady did to put into his body, how much work that even someone like Patrick Mahomes, but even someone like Philip Rivers, like non-mobile quarterbacks who played for 15, 20 years in the NFL and missed hardly no time. That doesn't feel necessarily Eli random. Manning, yeah, Eli Manning. Uh, it's just Brett some guys Favre. are built more durable than others. That's just Can't really it explain it. Yeah. And we'll wrap it up with this. Kirk Cousins' long-term future is uncertain with the Vikings not ready to commit beyond this season. But Cousins understands that he's still working to meet expectations since he arrived in 2018. 
Here's what he had to say about all the critics. In 2017, the Vikings were basically a quarterback away from winning the Super Bowl. That was the thought process. It's why I wanted to be here. And then we basically go 500 the first year, miss the playoffs. That was a tough spot tough start. When you don't meet those expectations, it kind of sets you back and you kind of find yourself trying to work back from that. They don't say it to my face. I don't go looking for it. I don't go reading it. And you also understand what you signed up for. Yeah, that's a realistic take. (laughs) I, I think that's one thing we've learned about Kirk Cousins, whether it was the Justin Jefferson not putting him in his top quarterbacks or in the quarterback series that we saw with Netflix. He's just a very normal person with yes. normal awareness and expectations of who he is and what he is. And he has confidence to think that he's great and can do great things, but he's not delusional by any means. You know, it's, I was thinking about this a couple days ago. So I grew up in an era where if you had a quarterback that won games, we didn't judge people the same way. And I'll give you an example. You will not remember this, and McIntyre would hate this because it's a 70s reference. But I grew up in an era where there was a quarterback for the Cleveland Browns named Brian Sype, and he wore number 17, and he was a very nice quarterback. Now, he wasn't Bradshaw, he wasn't Greasy, but Brian Sype, I think he was a California kid, ended up in Cleveland, was a very nice quarterback. Uh, St. Louis, uh, Jim Hart, uh, Neil Lomax, these are very, very, very high-end college quarterbacks become good pros. And you were mostly satisfied with it. I never heard anybody rip Brian Sype or, or or Jim Hart. You were sort of proud. I mean, I grew up with Jim Zorn and Dave Craig. You, you felt very lucky to have Jim Zorn and Dave Craig. I'm a Seahawk fan. My first quarterback was a left-hander, number 10, good-looking guy running around. I felt like we were the luckiest team in the league. Now, you have Kirk Cousins who's a very nice top 9, 10, 12 quarterback. And it's like, oh, it's such a disappointment. We wish we had better. And I'm like, it's not that the the NFL's always had about, at any one time, about five to six great quarterbacks my entire life. It's about five to six, and that is it. And right now, we've got about five to six great quarterbacks. So it's not like in the old days you had this and the new day. You got about five guys in the NFL at any one time that the general manager would not take a phone call. Mahomes, Burrow, Allen, Lamar, Herbert. I mean, there's just not many of them, right? Jalen Hurts probably now, right? So it's just like it feels like you were people were just more satisfied having a guy that won you games and good enough to win the division. Now you're Kirk Cousins, and it's like, uh, we're not sure we're going to do with him. Is it just because of so much more media and more opinions? Yeah, I think it's definitely become much more of a all or nothing. The only thing we care about is winning. And if you're not winning the Super Bowl, then the guy you have in-house clearly isn't good enough. And there's no in-between. So that, you might as well start a- over. And Because this whole like idea behind tanking for a top pick and getting a top quarterback feels much more recent than okay. anything back in the so day. So look what our staff did. They just did this. So Kirk Cousins since joining the Vikings, and he has not had a great offensive line in most years, right? He's fifth in wins, seventh in completion percentage, and passer rating, and TD interception ratio. Now, he usually has had one great receiver. Well, so what? A lot of people do. (laughs) Those are really good numbers. No chaos. Good guy, never in trouble. Those are better than I thought. But it's just weird that it just, I, I was a Washington fan. We had Billy Kilmer. 
He never threw a spiral in his life. I couldn't have been more overjoyed. The, now, the Cowboys had Staubach. He was better than Kilmer. A very good player, but nah, nobody in Dallas. You'd have to win the Super Bowl every time. And there you go. Stabler was a little erratic for the Raiders, but if you had Stabler, Bob Greasy, you were more than satisfied. You were very happy. Bob Greasy's my guy. Even before he won the Super Bowl. You got Kirk Cousins as top five and six, seven and everything. Everybody wants to dismiss him. It's just a different... I think you're, you got it right. There's an all-or-nothing belief. An all-or-nothing ideology in sports today. And I, and I get it because it's such a big business. Sports used to be more fun. Now it's fun as long as you win a lot of big games. Yeah, I mean, it, it used to be... If you won games, that was good enough. Now it's if you don't win championships and big games. That's not good enough. Yeah. Uh, Ryan with the news. Well, that's the news. And thanks for stopping by. The Herd Live. Be sure to catch live editions of The Herd weekdays at noon Eastern, 9 a.m. Pacific on Fox Sports Radio, FS1, and the iHeartRadio app. Listen to Comeback Stories. I'm Darren Waller. You may know me best as a tight end for the New York Giants. You may also know me for my story of overcoming addiction and alcoholism. You may have heard a few of my tracks as an artist or a producer. Uh, You may have seen the work that I've done through my foundation. And you may know my friend and co-host Donnie Starkins as well. He's a mindfulness teacher, a yoga instructor, a life coach, a man fully invested in seeing people reach their fullest potential. And we've come to form this platform of comeback stories to really highlight not only our own adversity, but adversity in the lives of well-known guests with amazing stories. Catch us every week on Comeback Stories on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. There's no distance too far for the perfect trip. Hi, checking in for... Or the perfect table. Hey, where are you? Coming! And when you get access to Resi Priority Notify with your Amex Platinum card... Hey, this looks amazing! I'm so glad you made it. And travel benefits at fine hotels and resorts booked through Amex Travel. It's worth the trip. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. The 82-game preseason is in the books. It's finally time for the real season. Don't miss out on any of the NBA playoff action at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. From the play-in tournament through the finals, DraftKings Sportsbook has you covered with same-game parlays, live betting odds boosts, and more. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app. The code is HERD. New customers bet five and get 200 in bonus bets instantly. 200. That's code heard only on DraftKings. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Or in West Virginia, visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text hope ny four six seven three six nine. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly. On behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort in Kansas, 21 plus age varies by jurisdiction void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.co slash bball for eligibility and deposit restrictions terms and responsible gaming resources. 
This episode brought to you by 20th Century Studios' Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes. Director Wes Ball breathes new life into the epic franchise set several generations after the last installment in which apes are the dominant species. As a ruthless king attempts to build his empire at the expense of the remaining human race, a young ape will fight for the future of apes and humans alike and embark on a journey that will redefine the planet. Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes. Enter the kingdom in IMAX this Friday and in theaters everywhere. Get tickets now. With Navian tankless water heaters, you can enjoy hot water as long as you want. Doesn't matter if you run the dishwasher, several loads. They only heat it when you need it. It's plenty of hot water. Go to tanklessmadesimple.com. So um, there was a story earlier this week that Baker Mayfield had thrown a lot of interceptions at Tampa's practice. Now, you could say it doesn't matter, but he does lead the NFL in interceptions since he's been drafted. So it's like he became very inaccurate and interception prone. Jimmy Garoppolo, it was noted, was struggling with interceptions in practice. Well, when you consider how good the Raiders, they have an offensive coach, great weapons, it's a little alarming. You're not hearing this about, you know, Burrow and Herbert. Herbert's having a great camp. And, um, and so when Dak comes out off a year where he led the NFL in interceptions and didn't play four games. It's like, okay, now there's stories. And then video came out of Dak ones against ones. And there were like bad, bad throws. And like, here's a prime example. This is a veteran guy rolling out. You throw it out of bounds. This is wildly overthrown for an interception. That's just a bad pick. Ones against ones. You don't get that a lot of camp. Uh, then he has another one here. He's got time, looks away, significantly underthrown. Interception. The worst is the third. He's a veteran quarterback. Stares down into coverage, intercepted by Vanderesh. So, like, these are bad throws. And in a time in the NFL when no starters are playing much in the preseason, Practice has become more important. And Greg Jennings said last hour, these interceptions in camp, they're not good. He's throwing interceptions against one of the best defenses in all of football. This is elementary at the quarterback position. Pre-snap, he's staring down the defender in the area of which he wants to really go with the ball. Anyone can make this interception. We saw this last season, Colin. You can't have your quarterback making these mistakes. So what that then does to a coaching staff and players alike, it forces them to want to do more. It forces them to challenge you as a quarterback. And then you, you start pressing even more. When we've seen Dak Prescott at his best, you hit the nail on the head. He's been asked to do less. Yes, that's when he's at his best. So it's something... You know, people downplay bad practices. Coaches don't like them. Coaches get mad. Sean McVay this week got mad. More practice. Practice matters. Mistakes at practice matter. Seems to me they do. Hour two done. Hour three coming up. It's the herd. Hi, let's talk about Pro Plan Sport. Pro Plan Sport is advanced nutrition made to fuel strength and stamina in active dogs like yours. So wherever your next journey together takes you, start it off right with the high-performance fuel your dog needs to keep pushing you every step of the way. Pro Plan Sport. 
Learn more at ProPlansport.com. This is it. We've got an Amex Platinum Pro on our hands, ladies and gentlemen. We haven't seen anyone relax like this before in the Centurion Lounge. Is he connecting to complimentary Wi-Fi? Oh, my. Look at that. He is. And you will not believe where he's going next. The Amex dedicated card member entrance for the win. Unbelievable. When you get travel perks with Amex Platinum, you're part of the action. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Hey, everyone. This is Jody Sweeten from the podcast How Rude, Tanneritos. I've been needing a quick getaway with my family, and the 2024 Hyundai Santa Fe is the perfect vehicle to take us there. It has standard third-row seating, so I'm able to pack my entire family, plus pets, in the car while also having enough room for our camping essentials. Available H-Track all-wheel drive will get us through any dirt trails, and available dual wireless charging pads will ensure we never have to worry about getting stuck with a dead phone in the middle of nowhere. Visit HyundaiUSA.com. Or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.